From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Megan Fury. This time, almost 4,000 beagles are rescued and given a second chance at life. Oh, I remember that day so well. My wife and I had to pull over in the van and she let me cry for about a half hour because I'd been working for that day and it, it finally come to fruition. Hartville, Wyoming is small, even by Wyoming standards. It's about 90 minutes north of Cheyenne and has less than 70 residents. It also boasts the oldest bar in the state, which is one of only two businesses in Hartville. The other is a post office. The surrounding area is beautiful, rugged and remote. It's a popular spot for hunting, and it's not the first place you may expect to find an animal sanctuary. But it's there. It's called the Kindness Ranch. It's about 1,200 acres and home to director John Raymer and his staff. I started my adult life in the National Guard, and I was a high school music teacher. And I'd never once in a million years thought that I would be doing this. John, his wife Katie, and 14 full-time employees all live on site, caring for the animals 24-7. The Kindness Ranch is unique. It takes in animals used in medical and lab research that would have otherwise been euthanized. It's one of the only sanctuaries in the country to do that, and it's something that's near and dear to John's heart. So I was first exposed to animal testing about five or six years ago when I worked at a primate sanctuary in Florida. And we rescued 27 squirrel monkeys that had been used in nicotine research, of all things. Seeing the, the trauma that those monkeys went through, it kind of opened my eyes to a really secretive world that I never knew existed before. When I discovered Kindness Ranch and saw that they were hiring for an entry-level dog caretaker, I applied for it immediately. I was hired, started a month later, obviously moved up fairly quickly and took over as director. If the name Kindness Ranch sounds familiar, that might be because they were in the news a lot last year. They took part in a massive rescue effort where almost 4,000 beagles were seized from a facility in Virginia. That facility was run by Invigo, a company that breeds and sells research animals. They ran into some staffing problems. Their breeding program got out of hand during the pandemic. At one time, there was over 10,000 dogs. And there was, unfortunately, a very, very small staff. I believe it was less than 20. When you're that overwhelmed, it's just really easy to just give up. But they continued selling the dogs, which is what the breeding facility was designed for. An undercover investigation by PETA, or the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, led to an inspection of the facility by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
they found the dogs living in horrendous conditions. A lawsuit was filed against Invigo by the Justice Department, and rather than bring the facility up to code, the company decided to shut down its Virginia operation. They were never fined, punished, or admitted any wrongdoing. Beagles are used a lot in medical research, and John says there's a reason for that. What has ended up happening is their resiliency to pain and discomfort, their size and forgiving nature and disposition makes them an ideal dog to be used as a lab animal. No matter how uncomfortable they are, most beagles will always eat enough just to survive. It unfortunately makes them a, a perfect dog for testing on. I'm not going to go into detail here about what happened to the dogs during their time at Invigo or the conditions they were living in. That's been well documented and reported on, and you can find it all online if you really want to. I will only say that it left the beagles as scared and traumatized as you might imagine. A district judge approved the release of all the surviving beagles to the Humane Society of the United States. It would be the largest rescue operation in their 68-year history, and they only had a few weeks to do it. So they started reaching out to rescue organizations. And then I got the phone call, they're releasing all of them, help. <laughs> and, and I had never been faced with needing to help place 4,000 dogs before. It was just an amazing, amazing process on how over 85 animal rescues, not necessarily affiliated with laboratory animals whatsoever, all came together and worked as a team. We removed 4,000 dogs total and did it in 58 days. Everything was done in secret. Rescue workers met with U.S. Marshals at an undisclosed location before driving to the breeding facility. They were banned from speaking with Invigo employees, and there were strict rules about transferring the dogs. Sometimes you just have to dance with the devil. And whether you like it or not, the people that worked at Invigo, they're people too. And... When those dogs were done being taken off the property, they were unemployed. So here we are in Richmond, getting ready to get 150 dogs. We're going to make a difference today. That's from a video John sent me of him and his team getting their first load of dogs from Invigo. In it, rescue workers are hauling crate after crate, each with a confused, scared beagle. Most went into a large truck. The rest went into a van that John was driving. The crates were stacked on top of each other and secured for their long drive back to Wyoming. It was the first of two trips John would make to Virginia. On those two trips, I believe we brought back between 375 to 400 dogs. 
the hardest part was driving back with a van load of 30 dogs. It was that that part was the most emotionally exhausting to know what those dogs came out of and the varying levels of neglect. They didn't know what people really intended because they'd only ever just been fed. That was it. There was no human interaction. John says all the dogs were quiet on the ride back to Wyoming, except one, a very special dog that stole John's heart. I somehow ended up being the first one in line to pick up dogs. The very first dog that they released um, just held on to me like he knew he was being rescued. John sent me a video of that moment. Oh, you're such a good boy. Hello, good boy. Oh, my goodness. Look at that tattoo. Oh, you're such a good boy. In the video, the beagle is thin and seems unsure how to sit properly. He was about a year old and didn't have a name. Instead, he has an identification code. A bluish-green tattoo on the inside of his ear that reads CMGCKA. John knew he needed to change that. We, we named him Uno. Uno. John thought it was fitting for the first dog to be rescued. When he came out, I think he was about 16 pounds. He has a large chunk missing out of one ear. He had a broken tail. He looked terrified, but confident. Oh, I remember that day so well. My wife and I had to pull over in the van, and she let me cry for about a half hour because I'd been working for that day. And it, it finally come to fruition. It was a very emotional day. John and his wife drove straight from Virginia back to Hartville. That's almost 1,700 miles. They were exhausted, but happy. Kindness Ranch staff members helped them unload the beagles. The dogs were then moved to an intake area for health screenings, and after about a week, they moved in with their caretakers. Our amazing staff, they are so patient. Our, our dog caretakers actually share their personal kitchen with all of the dogs in their care. They wake up in the morning and go out and make a pot of coffee. And the dogs have never smelled coffee before. Or they start making their breakfast and the dogs have no idea what that scent is. They expose them to the sound of a vacuum, a TV, the sound of a blender talking on a phone and trying to ignore the dog that's jumping on your leg. All of the stuff that goes about a normal person's day that these dogs have not been exposed to. 
All the dogs would eventually be put up for adoption to find their forever home. But one dog found his right away. Uno. He didn't even make it into general population. He just went straight to my house. (laughs) Listening to John talk about Uno on the phone melted my heart, and I couldn't stop thinking about him. So a few days after our interview, I called John back and asked him if I could come meet Uno in person. He said yes. So on a cold, sunny February day, my husband and I packed our car and drove to the sanctuary. It's hard to overstate how beautiful it is. The ranch is actually about 10 minutes north of Hartville, and you can really feel the isolation. It's surrounded by trees and hills and mountains. John told me one of the largest elk herds in the state roams through his property. There's a small office at the front for guests to check in. We were greeted by a few staff members, and you could instantly feel how much everyone loved being here. It's the best place on earth, the woman at the front desk told me. You may never want to leave. A few minutes later, John pulled up in his truck. He's warm and welcoming, and he was really excited to show us around. He chatted with his staff and gushed to me about how great they were. It was all so genuine, and it still makes me smile. We piled into John's pickup, and he poked fun at me for buckling my seatbelt. You don't need that out here, he laughs. This is rural Wyoming. I liked him immediately. He started the car and said, do you want to see the star of the show? And there was only one answer to that. Of course I do. Oh, goodness. Is this your new harness? It's the exact same one or same style that he's had, but he keeps eating the buttons on them. Oh, my goodness. Hi. Oh, she's the cutest. Needless to say, I was a little starstruck. John and his wife Katie live on-site with Uno and their three other rescued dogs, Cammy, Rocky, and Lexi. They invited us in for coffee, and I soon found myself covered in dogs. They are as sweet as can be. You would never know they had come from a testing facility. And Cammy, Rocky, and Lexi don't seem to mind Uno's newfound fame. What is Uno's day-to-day life and schedule look like? Um. <laughs> well, it's early rise, hair and makeup. <laughs> your eyes. He, he gets his daily briefing. <laughs> the first time that 
I really recognized the reach that he had. Was there was a family that came through from Salt Lake City that stayed the night. They were headed to a family reunion and they were had to do a scavenger hunt of things before they made it to the reunion. And this family, their scavenger hunt was to get a selfie with Uno. And I had no idea who these people were. Uno hasn't let it go to his head. After many, many head scratches, we loaded into John's truck for a tour of the ranch, and Uno happily jumped in front with me. Remember what you do in the truck. Our social media girl, April, calls him Sheriff Uno because he is, he is the sheriff of fun times and greetings. Miss Ranch is what she says. In addition to dogs, the Kindness Ranch also houses cats, pigs, sheep, goats, cows, llamas, and horses, all rescued from research labs. John told me he hears from a lot of people who are shocked to find out that animals other than rats and mice are being tested on. He says the Invigo story helped public awareness of the issue a lot. In our first phone conversation, I asked John what he hopes people take away from all this. You know, 4,000 dogs does seem like a, a really inconceivable number. But depending on, on what government website you go to, there's anywhere between 60,000 to 85,000 more animals being tested on. When you talk to the people that are doing the research, they truly believe that they're doing the right thing. I find it really difficult to call those people monsters. The way that they've been brought into doing this work was they're trying to do the best thing possible for humans. Obviously humans, not animals. But the bigger tragedy isn't that there was 4,000 dogs that weren't being cared for and were being neglected. The bigger tragedy is that we live in a society that has allowed this to happen behind the scenes for so long. John works hard to maintain good relationships with research facilities around the country. Aside from Invigo, John will never reveal where his other animals came from. The facilities don't want the bad press, and John wants them to keep releasing their animals to him. And that anonymity helps convince other labs to do the same. It was only because Invigo closed their Virginia facility that this story went public. The Invigo rescue brought a lot of attention to animal testing, and for a period of time, the whole country seemed caught up in beagle mania. People clamored to adopt one of the rescued beagles. The governor of New Jersey took one in. Virginia State Senator William Stanley adopted two and became known as Senator Beagle for his efforts to protect the Invigo dogs. Even Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got in on it. They adopted a seven-year-old beagle named Mama Mia from the Beagle Freedom Project, a Los Angeles-based organization. 
all the beagles from the Invigo rescue that ended up at the Kindness Ranch have been adopted. In total, that's 504 dogs. The last one went to his new family on March 4th of this year. His name's Matt, in case you're wondering. But John's work never ends. New animals come in all the time. When I was at the ranch, John had at least 10 new beagles living with a caretaker that had just been rescued. And he told me he was picking up more dogs the next weekend. There was a family there that day looking to adopt. They sat outside on a bench as the beagles played in the snow. Eventually, one cautiously walked up and sniffed one of their hands. The family's eyes lit up. The dog hesitated for a moment and then accepted a few head scratches. John smiled. It's the first step of many. Even after adoption, there's likely a long road ahead. Some animals come out more traumatized than others, but they all have to get used to their new life, and that takes time. Even Uno had to adjust. We got him home, and he didn't know how to jump on the couch. He, he didn't know how to dog. Over time, you know, he, he began to trust us so much that the very first time I put him in my side-by-side, I just sat him on the seat next to me and I scratched him and I said, hold on. And he absolutely loved it. He just sat there very stoically and he's like, this is great. John never saw his life turning out like this, but he loves it and he wouldn't have it any other way. John knows he can't save every animal, but he makes a difference to the ones he does save. And that's worth everything. It's really, it's pretty wonderful. Just as I was finishing this episode, I got a text from John. It read, Uno and Cami got married, followed by a series of photos. Cami's one of the rescued dogs that live with John and his wife. In the photos, Uno's in a tux, and Cammie has a little pink dress on. It's as cute as it sounds. John texted again, telling me that he and his wife were finally taking their honeymoon next month and decided to bring the newlyweds along. They're documenting the whole thing on their Patreon page, so if dog honeymoons are your thing, definitely check that out. Our storyteller today was John Raymer. I want to give a huge thank you to everyone at the Kindness Ranch. The staff was so welcoming, and I can't wait to go back. A big thank you to every animal there as well for letting me pet you. And to the ones I didn't pet, I'll get you next time. To see pictures and videos from this episode, head to humannaturepodcast.org and follow us on social media. We're Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're Human Nature Pod. And if you liked what you heard, tell someone. Word of mouth is our best advertisement. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me, with help from Greg Ronco, 
Charles Fournier, and Stephen Carroll. Our theme song is by Kata Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human nature.